0: This week's episode is brought to you by the Ides of March. We sit here recording on March 15th, 2020, brand new episode of Burgundy Radio for you, and there are no Colorado Avalanche games. They should be playing one right now, at home, against the Vegas Golden Knights. It's a game I choose to believe they would have won, by the same score as the last game would have been, which would have been at home against the Vancouver Canucks, 7-1. We'll talk about some of the games that did happen this week, but as we dive right into it, Earl and Jackie... The NHL is on hiatus until everyone stops giving each other the novel coronavirus, or COVID-19, or SARS-CoV-2, or the ongoing respiratory plague, whatever you want to call it. The NBA went first, about a half hour after Utah Jazz player Rodrigo Gobert tested positive right before a game in Oklahoma City against the Thunder. My state once again making news for being a national embarrassment because some 58 Utah Jazz players and staff were tested that night and up until very recently that accounted for about two-thirds of the testing in Oklahoma due to very tight restrictions. Fun! By the next day you could generally just say sports are cancelled and be right. We'll get into future speculation in a minute, but at the risk of sounding like the least thoughtful of sports broadcasters, how do y'all feel?
1: Terrible. Empty. Yeah, this is tough, because usually I have other things to fall back on. This, this time of year I would have early cycling races or some tennis or something like that, but you know, when everything's cancelled, it just highlights the absence of the Avalanche playing even more.
2: It's obviously more than just sports. It's I have anxiety problems and uncertainty is a big trigger for me, and right now there's nothing but uncertainty and that's really hard for me to deal with.
0: Yeah, we could we can talk a little bit about anxiety if you want to. As I'm someone who has respiratory allergies and anxiety and just as it starts exploding across the country, all the trees near me start also exploding. And so here I am, you know, coughing a little bit and then being sure I'm going to die for about, you know, an hour until I cough again. So that's cool. Everybody who's, who's dealing with anxiety about either the uncertainty or about, you know, whether this little cold that they have is the virus or whether it's allergies or not, like where you are not alone. I am right there with you.
1: Yeah. Same here. i I have bad allergies as soon as the maple start blooming, which they did last week. So, you know, I, it's, it's, it's tough, and, and you want to try not to psych yourself out and make you feel worse than you actually do. So, it, it's, just, it's, it's hard to play the psychological game with yourself like that. Yeah,
0: because if you get stressed out, it reduces your immune response. We know this. So, all that anxiety is kind of, you know, unproductive for, you know, keeping yourself safe and stuff. But uh, hockey is over, and we don't know when it's going to be back. And that goes for whatever sport you follow, whether that's, you know, PGA golf, whether that's baseball, whether that's basketball, whether that's, you know, this XFL experiment, whether it's Formula One, it doesn't matter. Unless your sport is like the video that went around the internet the other day, swiffering in front of your Roomba to make it look like curling, your sports are over yeah so, what other interests do you have now is the time to um to get back into those as long as those interests don't involve being around large groups of people?
1: yeah, and I've thought it weird over the past few days. I've been going out on the trails and hiking, which is probably the best thing you can do because you know if you're doing it by yourself or with your dog or you know with a family members or close friends or whatever you're not in large groups interacting, you know, w- without social distancing. It's, it's the best way to sort of get out in public and, and not be in an infectious state. So, but it's odd but, that the, the trails are a little more empty than I think they would be. So, I don't, just people seem to be holding up a little bit more than you'd think.
2: That seems to be our strategy is... Um... We went on a couple drives this weekend and the longer this continues we might plan some longer drives because I agree we can be isolated together in a car, go outdoors where you're not around people or you're not going to be close to people and do something that we ordinarily wouldn't because of traffic and crowds and in some way taking advantage of this terrible thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you should want to isolate yourself, but you should also try and get out as much as possible in in, in a safe way. So because not that I'm a doctor, but that's what I advise.
0: It it's generally kind of good for most um, you know organisms like this, whether it's flu viruses or coronavirus like this 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 is called the new coronavirus because we already know of several coronaviruses that cause things like the common cold, you know? So, uh, like, we we know that generally these sorts of microorganisms don't live very long in hot, sunny weather. So, if it's 70s and 80s where you're at, Fahrenheit, and you go out for a hike, you may be doing yourself a lot of good. That's not medical advice. I don't know for sure. Because (laughs) Iran has it bad. But that may be the case.
1: Yeah. And probably the worst thing you can do is sit home and watch TV and just freak out about it because I don't think mentally that does anyone any good.
0: Yeah, stop scrolling Twitter.
2: That's also something I'm going to try. I'm going to try to watch something on TV at night and then take that as relaxation, shut off, go to bed.
0: For me, well, it's... I'm
1: doing my 15 Hitchcock movies in 15 days challenge, but nobody seemed interested in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for for me, it's the old standard, you know, video games and dance music, and when I get bored by those things, drawing and writing, and if this stretches on too long, maybe we'll do a community experiment where everybody who has access... <clears throat> excuse me. where Everybody who has access kind of goes through it, maybe rewatches some games from this season and with, you know... The perspective of distance from them—that might be an interesting little, uh little way to spend some of our time without hockey, if we want to.
1: Yeah, I think that might be a good thing. It, if we don't have any word from on high about sort of where where we're heading with this, um uh, maybe by next weekend we might come up with something like that, and, and maybe get a, a group together. And I, I think we can probably do it in a way that most people can watch it synchronously.
0: I think you're probably right about that. I would also definitely add that the longer we continue to not do our social distancing and the longer we continue to go and do our St. Patrick's Day pub crawls and things like that, it just means the longer this is going to get worse and the longer you're not going to have your sports. So please follow the suggestions of health professionals. We can get this thing under control and get our lives back. Going going out and acting like everything's normal and you're not afraid of it, the it's a virus it's not terrorists that's not gonna work
1: obviously it's not afraid of you this this thing has a uh
0: pretty massive environment environmental impact no economic impact that's the word i wanted um with people not being able to get to work or people missing work because they're sick or people missing work because it's closed um for their part cronky sports and entertainment announced they will continue to pay their part-time arena staff through the next 30 days and one would hope that could be extended if they need to. So that's good. What's important to remember about this is KSE does not employ all the staff you see at the Pepsi Center working Avs games. Uh, they probably don't even employ most of them. There's a lot of workers for outside vendors. Uh, for concessions, this is mostly legends, according to the Denver Post back in September. Uh, KSE does not employ these workers. And so their initiative to pay their own workers doesn't cover these folks. And they've just kind of like strongly encourage their partners to also pay their workers but that's obviously toothless it's a really a mixed bag of an announcement
1: yeah and we've seen a lot of announcements from from teams and even players of teams saying they will throw down to cover the employees or or help them in in this time or whatever and i think what you just described shows that it's not as easy as just paying them you know, you, you have to have the people that employ them pay them, and, and their motivations might be different than the actual team ownership and whatnot.
2: I guess it's something from Cronky. So, I, I agree it's definitely a little more half-hearted than some of the others, but some of the other teams have said nothing, so...
0: Some of the other teams have said <laughs> things that were less than nothing. So it's it's at least something, I guess. Like, is it still true that the Calgary ownership are just not going to pay anybody? Because we'd heard that. From what yeah. I know of, yeah. Yeah, it's different from saying nothing. It's like saying you're going to do nothing is is definitely worse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, coming out and saying we're going to be Scrooge on this is I don't know. Seems counterproductive.
0: And so you end up with like collectives of employees setting up GoFundMe's that are getting big donations from players, which is nice and they, they should their efforts should be appreciated. At the same time, it's not their job to do this.
1: No, it isn't. Um, I just I think it's a good story. It's it's a good thing to sort of look on and say You know, this is this is a way that the players can help during this. I don't know. It just it it's so tough when you're bereft of news that that something like this. You know, it's it's a bright spot at
0: least. Because what happens when there's big negative community things that happen? Sports teams get out and help their communities. They they in Nashville, you had Predators players helping with the cleanup after the tornadoes recently um in Houston after the the flooding from hurricane Harvey you had a lot of sports teams that you know like the Rockets players were out doing things um like anytime there's an event like that they are in their communities helping out they like they visit hospitals like every team has people who visit hospitals all the time and so when your directive for how to help is stay in your house this is one one way they're able to continue giving back
2: i saw yeah. a couple that were donating signed jerseys which i think to a certain foundation i'm sorry i don't remember what foundation that was but obviously the intent is to help anyone impacted by the virus so i think those things will continue i think once things start back up again the players will definitely really help out as much as they can it's just tough because like you said right now there's not a whole lot anybody can do
0: the most you can do is nothing, which if you are an introvert who stays at home a lot like me, that's, that's easy. Not everybody not everybody lives that life, and a lot of people are going to be going pretty stir-crazy sitting at the house all the time, and that's where we all gotta figure out what the heck we're gonna do with our time. Um, pretty much the only new updates from the hockey world on this is that the players are being told to stay home at this time. Um and they're thinking it's going to be at least a week before anybody's allowed to have like team skates or practices.
1: So. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that players that aren't normally based in the the towns where the team plays, you know, say someone like Nemestikov who just moved there in a trade or you know, mm-hmm. some of the guys just stay in hotels through the year. They don't really base themselves in in Denver. Um they could be allowed to go back to home or places like that. Like Sucker, for
2: example, is someone that went home.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's, it's good there's some accommodations being made for things like that. Um,
2: and I, I think- wonder about the younger players like the AHL, like say Bowers or Timmons, because the older players, they're with their wives, their kids. Like say Kadri He's with his wife and kids, whatever. But like, what about the younger players who were, are on their own those are the ones I worry about because
0: they're not with family. Yeah, they're, not, they're, they're family. Yeah. Canada. Maybe, maybe they have some place to go. Maybe they don't. Like, do the abs have any players that are still living together? Like when we had the whole frat situation or that kind of thing? I don't I'm think sure so. They... I
2: think a lot of them split up this year. They live close. I think some of them even live in the same apartment complex, but I don't think any of them live together.
0: Apart from Nazem Kadri living in Tyson Berry's house, yeah, that. <laughs> but uh, you, you want to have the really cold-hearted conversation of who does this hiatus help? Because you're, you're looking at one of those teams right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I started writing something about this, and I just I, I lost interest in it. But when you look at the time frame say it's about 30 days you know just to pick a point just about everyone that was injured except for perhaps wilson uh would be back and the lineup would look incredibly different than it did on you know the the road trip that we just came back from um and it would be a lot more threatening
2: I think that would be true for a lot of other teams. Like, for example, St. Louis would certainly have Tarasenko back by then, so... Yeah. I think if you're playing games, you certainly would rather just play your best lineup and see what happens. I don't know if it's going to necessarily be a giant advantage for the Avs, because, like I said, a lot of other teams are going to have a lot of other players back, and it was actually the Avs' depth that was carrying them. And
1: and we've if seen you... with the avs that their full healthy lineup may not have been sort of their their most high performance at times um, you know, the weird thing about the av season if you look at it as a whole is probably the the worst stretch they had was when everyone was healthy and i honestly don't know what to think about that but um, i'm not
2: going to say it's not like a potential positive because right if you want to, see, if you're they're in the playoffs, you just want to see all the best players. And if they win, they win. If they don't, they don't. And
1: right, and as so- we saw, you know, like Miko came back and, and Gabe came back a, a I think a week later. And you're like, oh, cool, you know, the, the best guys are back on the top line together. You know, let's let's roll. That's not what happened. And it, it took them a long time to get actual sort of game ready. Um. You know, it, it took almost a month and a half or so. Um, well, the so interesting part of again. playing, playing <laughs> the
2: playoffs without that sort of war of attrition, like everybody's probably at best 80% or worse. You know, how how does it work when everyone's fresh, when everyone's healthy, rested? Yeah. And they said uh. they will have a some sort of a training camp, which if they actually ever have it, I, I think that could be interesting. Like, would people be able to go watch? Would they include some of the younger guys? You know, how would that work? That could be interesting to sort of have a a second start to the season and have it lead right in the playoffs. I, I think any thought of regular season is a total pipe dream. But,
1: Well, from what I've read, it's actually important to the owners to have some more regular season games, money-wise. that's great,
0: but it's not going to happen. Yeah, we'll we'll get to what's going to happen next. Um, How about first we get to what already happened? Yeah. And then then we'll we'll talk about the future in a minute. Um, Because there were a couple of games this week before everything came to a halt. Um, Believe it or not, there were three of them. I remember about one and a half of them. How about y'all? I remember the last one. I...
2: I'm not going there the first two. That was like a lifetime ago.
1: I enjoyed the Rangers game. I choose not to remember the Kings game. I didn't mind the Sharks game. I know it it probably wasn't as fun to watch for people that were watching in the middle of the night like I would have had to. But I I watched it time delayed by a day. Um, You know, I... I think it was fun just because the abs f- had three goals, all from the the guys on the top line. Other than that, it was, you know, it, it was it was tough to watch. But
0: yeah, um, it's it, it's hard to remember anything that's happened before today because this week has been the longest year of my life. I think. Um, <laughs> so on Sunday, way back on in ancient history, on Sunday before the last show. Abs play one of their worst games of the season, to my eye, and they win anyway, 4-3, over the San Jose Sharks, the game we're all just talking about. Uh, this was the last gathering of 500 people or more allowed in Santa Clara County, California. So, cool. Uh, Nathan McKinnon scores on the power play, his 35th of the year. Gabe Landeskog, Jonas Donskoy, and Vladimir add the other three. This was a low event game, and it was one where neither goaltender cracked a 900 save percentage, and other than that, I don't remember it. <laughs> The very next night on Monday, Colorado played what I believe was their worst game of the season, traveling back-to-back, eighth game in 13 days, with half the lineup injured in L.A. against the Kings, who've been getting super hot goaltending out of Jonathan Quick as fall 3-1, to your lone goal scorer P.E. Belmar, and Nathan McKinnon left this game with a lower body injury that made, like, no sense.
1: Yeah. And it's weird because... If if you if you look at the NHL box score, which, again, I've watched this game a, a day late as well. Um, you know, I looked for his last shift, and he had two shifts in the box score where Comfer was actually out there for him. So I backed up and, and watched what appears to be his last shift. And he was favoring his leg, but it, you didn't see something... You know, it wasn't like you got crushed, and you're like, "Yep, that's the knee," or you know, anything like that. So, well, you know, people have Zapruder'd it, was... it and <laughs> yeah, I know people zaprudered the slew foot by Frick and things like that, but
0: which wasn't a slew foot,
1: yeah. When so you go it...
2: back and you uh, and you compare shifts like that, you do find that th- those numbers aren't necessarily always accurate. Just yeah. happened to me before too when I was looking for something specific, and you're like, "Wait, that that's not who's on the ice." That yeah, that doesn't concern you because we take all these numbers from the NHL game sheets as gospel. But that's that's another worry for another time. Um, in real time, the McKinnon injury was you're right. Nobody noticed anything right away. That obviously the announcers did not. And then I think it was Confort took that shift in his place. But, you know, Bennar likes to mix things up. So weren't really sure something was wrong then. And then I think the second time it happened, actually, as someone noticed. Was it McGahee? Was he on the broadcast that night?
0: That would have been Mosher and, McGahee yeah. Monday. So, yes.
2: Yep. He actually noticed the second shift that Confort was out with McKinnon and was like...
1: And then this Pete counted the bench, and they were good. one short.
0: Yep. And then everyone started to panic.
2: But I mean, and, and they should have.
0: Yeah. And like you said, <laughs> eight
2: games in thirteen days. This is this is how like all the big injuries happen. The the uh, it's funny most of them happen on a Monday. Like the me, I think both times Miko got hurt was on a Monday. <laughs> but seriously. <laughs>
1: Oh, no. Because Maybe they should play like the AHL and they don't play on Mondays. <laughs> oh, there
2: you go. Well, it's like when they don't have those two days off, it's generally in a in a normal schedule, they will generally have Sunday off. And they usually have the two days, Sunday, and then some other day, probably Monday, start playing again on Tuesday. And so it's just, it just, it throws them off and they're susceptible to these kind of injuries. And hopefully that's something that will be addressed in the fall and maybe they've learned their lesson. They don't want to have a compressed schedule because of these injuries and also uh, with the stoppage, it definitely doesn't benefit them to lose even working.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there've, there've been prior to the stoppage, there was, you know, there, there was some talk about the compressed schedule and how it's probably not uh, putting the best hockey out there just because of the, the amount of injuries it tends to produce. And, and I, I agree lot. with that. I think it's tough going against football though. So it's just, I I don't think you can play on Sundays and Monday nights that often in the fall or you, or you try not to, at least that's, for the American teams.
2: That's fine. But you can add another game during the week, which is, which is what I read. Yeah. Some teams are willing to do and I think they could get away with that. Yeah. I totally get not playing Sunday night. But you can add a Wednesday game. and Because remember, there were so many
0: four and five day breaks.
2: Yeah. That they could get rid of those.
0: And then then if you add those games throughout the whole season, kind of on an even schedule, instead of two months of sprint, then you can probably play 82 games by the end of March. And then maybe you can get your cup final out of June.
1: The thing is, the owners know that basically before january 1st the the games are not as well attended as after and that's you know they they make their money after january 1st as, as far as teams that don't sell out all the time um, sure
2: but you know i, I think they're going to learn that I
1: mean, one I, or I, two I,
2: more weekday games I, is going to be better down the line for everybody
1: yeah it's You know, as we've seen in the past, that things tend to be the way they are because of money, and (laughs) so (laughs) there might be some resistance there.
0: So there's two interesting things about this LA Kings game. One of them had nothing to do with the game. It was that Nathan McKinnon got hurt. The other one had nothing to do with the game. It was that Martin Kaut was called up on an emergency basis and then did not play because he was called up providing to Mesnikov, who then played.
2: The emergency rules, for some reason, are, they're, like, secret. They're not in the CBA. I looked just a couple days ago. Classified. I mean, not a couple, but within the last week, I looked, and they're just not spelled out, so that exact wrinkle wasn't known, but it, it makes sense because you'd see around the league that certain guys were called up for somebody, so... That's how because we always said, hey, how can you get another an emergency recall because you're making all these recalls all the time? That's probably one reason how teams can continue to make recalls, but it makes sense when a guy is iffy, like Domestikov was. But like in the case of okay, McKinnon goes down, he's out for a week or two minimum, and you call someone up, then what happens? Then is he tied to McKinnon, or does he have to be the last guy like last in first out, so say Caddri had come back with that it meant he had to go down because he was last guy in or because he was tied to McKinnon somebody else would the great thing not
1: rules yeah, the great thing about not having real rules is that doesn 't really matter <laughs> yeah and, and we right. saw realistically <laughs> what
0: happens there because. Nemesnikov came back, and Ben McKinnon dropped, and so the Avs reassigned Sheldon Dries, and Martin but They didn't announce that they'd done it. They just sent him back quietly, and then called him back up for Nathan McKinnon on Wednesday.
2: Which the sad thing was, is then they Cowboy and Dries played in that AHL game for the Eagles, and then Dries got hurt. Because he played I so many said,
0: goddamn hockey games.
2: Yeah. That's probably well, he his got third boarded. game in well, three he got days. Boarded. He got boarded, so you know.
0: Well, that's the
2: AHL. And well, if I he doubt hadn't been, been
0: so a... tired, he could have skated out <laughs> of the way of the hit. That yeah, it,
2: it's just sad how that happens. I on the count thing, I I am glad that maybe it was Bednar recognized that he was the best man for the call up. They called him up twice, and hopefully that bodes well for the future. We'll never know if they would have. Their hand had been forced to keep him, especially <laughs> since Donskoy got hurt in the Rangers game. Like
1: Yeah, I, I think we the, were, the press it, conference that Jared Bednar had after the Rangers game, like he gave a very curt answer when asked about whether Cout was staying up. He said think, no, the plan and I
2: personally think he knew that the stoppage was gonna happen, so it was all irrelevant. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because as the NBA suspended its season Wednesday night, the the rumor went around hockey media pretty quickly that the NHL were going to announce the same decision, not because a player tested positive, because they, they haven't yet, but just out of an abundance of caution. So instead, what we got was an announcement of an announcement. <laughs> I'm glad if we're moving
2: into the Rangers game, I'm glad we got that last game. I'm glad that yeah. we knew it was probably going to be the last one to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, cause uh, the the New York Rangers rolled into Denver for what we all expected could be not just the last Avs game, but the last NHL game for a while because there was an earlier game that was on between San Ho- or San Jose, St. Louis, and Anaheim. Um, and I think the the Avalanche starting at ten Eastern were the late game of the night. So I think yeah. it was
2: Ottawa, LA, the last game. Oh, that's
0: an AHL game. <laughs> so well, if, you can look at it that way. So if this was the last NHL game for a while, it absolutely delivered. The Avs went a wild 1-3-2 in overtime. Goals from Tyson Jost, Nemesnikov, and an OT winner, which is credited to JT Comfer, although I'm in agreement with the people who don't think he touched it, and that it's the returning Kale McCars goal. As of, yeah. uh, as we mentioned a minute ago, Jonas Donskoy takes a blindside hit from Brendan Lemieux long after he shot the puck. Lemieux will be suspended, and I'm out to be determined once we know what's next for the NHL. There was a closing hand on the puck penalty. Matt Nieto got a penalty shot. The Rangers hit, like, five posts. This game was bananas. And if it's the last hockey we see all season, it was honestly a pretty satisfying end.
1: And you're forgetting the best part is who returned for the Avs and had an amazing game.
0: I, I, I said the returning Kale McCarr, didn't I? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, and I disagree that he had an amazing game. He had an amazing overtime. Well, Ben
2: even said he was rusty, but that's not really the important part at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, given that he'd been out and probably with something that made it difficult to play hockey, to pile up three assists, um, you know, if that's rusty, I'll take it.
0: Sometimes you got to get a little lucky to get some of your assists. Yeah. it's what we
2: needed. Three points for Kale hit 50 points. Overtime winner, if you believe Comfort t- touched it or not, you'd still you could still feel like McCarr won
0: that game. Cam McCarr dominated overtime, dominated. It,
1: and I think one thing that it highlighted. I was just thinking about this on a on a walk yesterday. Um, I, I think having both McCarr and Girard in the game makes it a lot. Tougher for the opponent to defend, but it makes it easier for both of them to succeed because they can't be focused on. Um, you know, I, I think when you know what when Makar was out and, and Girard was, was basically the main puck mover in the lineup, it, it was a lot easier for opponents to say, just don't let him beat us and we're okay. And, and then, I think
2: he did well anyway. He played yeah, a he, lot of minutes when Makar right. was out.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you can't really stop him. You can only hope to contain him. But when you're dealing with, you know, Gerard going off the ice and then Makar coming on the ice, that just makes it overwhelming difficulty as far as stopping the abs moving the puck forward. So I I just, I I think that it's a a one-two punch. um, It's really difficult.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We don't have to imagine before too much longer.
1: But you know we haven't we haven't seen it. Obviously, we haven't seen Gerard out of the lineup with McCarr in. But I I think he would Not deal with some to... of the same issues. Whereas they could just focus on when McCarr's on the ice, if they, you know, are able to contain him as best as they can. I don't know you what know, it, it
2: what it looks like without Gerard in lineup. Thankfully, we haven't really seen it.
1: Yeah,
0: he's been a pretty healthy. We haven't player, seen too. in the regular season through his career. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well. He's fine until cheap shots are legal. Right. But, <laughs> but he has the Dab's current Iron Man streak. It's like 218 games or something. Well,
0: at least the cheap and then we shot of this game wasn't legal. It got a two-minute minor. Look and there.
2: then we just talked about him. Cout was actually allowed to play in this game because McKinnon was out. And it was his ninth game, and who knows if he would have got another win. I think with the continuance of injuries, especially if Donskoy couldn't go, that would have forced their hand.
0: I don't know. I think at that point, they may go with Shane Bowers.
2: I don't think he was ever getting called up.
0: Or they bring Drys back.
2: Well, he was... He's dead. Oh, yeah. He was dead. Or they bring Magna back.
0: dead. Okay. Um, Who's next? The only one left is Tynan. That's the one.
2: Guess we'll never know. We'll never know if it would have forced their hand. Because that morning, Bednar said, we'll see. Like, yes, he's going to play. And after that, we'll see. So, I don't know. We'll never know. But I'm glad he at least got it. And they can have their precious slide preserved, too. And it was good to see him in this game. It was, you know, like the last joyful thing that happened, too. I think he played well. He he did exactly what what we were all impressed that he was able to do. He saved McCarr on a really good back check. I'll remember yeah, that. Yeah, that
1: back check was a subtle play, but I think that highlighted something that something that he's able to do that you really couldn't count on. Dries Magna, Tynan, or you know, probably even Shane Bowers, even though he has that mindset, maybe he could, but it's just the inexperience might not have gotten well, there I in remember time. But was that was such at, a good play.
2: He was looking at Makar, like he recognized that he was in trouble. Yeah. And and
1: no, he's just he, so he's he's very smart defensively and, and, and just sort of knowing the game situation. Um again, and it's just we, we talked this to death last week, but it just it, it you know, you see plays like that and you're like, this is an NHL player. You you know, you really don't need to send
0: down. Yeah, we we talked so last I hope, week I hope- in in a lot of detail about one specific breakaway that was partially caused by a forward trying to keep the puck in the zone instead of making sure that there wasn't a release for the for the counter attack, and <clears throat> Cal Cal Simpson's on the back check instead prevents a similar situation.
2: Yeah, I hope not- I
0: hope that if if there's any
2: positive out of this, it's that that was the lasting impression and that they're going to want him on the team in the fall or the very least an actual first call up. I know we say it for like six months that someone's going to be the first call up, but like for real this time (laughs) for real, and be someone that gets called up and stays, but I hope he proved enough. And I think he came so far in nine games, just showing what he's able to do at the NHL level. And that's, that's what I will remember about
0: the end of this as a positive. So if this is the end of it, um, at the end of the regular season, then the playoffs are interesting. Um, a- after having five um, teams in playoff spots all for like three months, the Pacific get three. Winnipeg and Nashville would both sneak in. Nashville has the regulation wins tiebreaker over Vancouver by one game. Otherwise, they tie in points and games played. Because the, the, the problem with doing it this way right now is that teams haven't all played the same number of games. So you end up yeah. with uh, someone like the Islanders who played 68 games one point out behind someone like like Columbus who's played 70 games. Um so well, that's
1: tough, but I just I I don't know how you could resume a regular season for some teams and not the others.
0: Right.
2: I just don't think you can. I don't see how yeah. there's time. There's just I get that they want the revenue. I get that they want the full season. It's just not going to happen at this point. So I also don't, and it does suck for those teams that are one point out, but this whole thing sucks and it's just there's no way that you can make it fair for everybody you just can't either there's gonna be hockey again or there isn't like that's that's what people are gonna have to accept like i don't even if there's time for some sort of play-in game or short round or something where those teams can get in great that also means this all's over sooner that's great
1: but, well then, all right. The question then becomes like, all right, say they want the Islanders, or I forget. Is everybody is seventy the the most amount of games that anyone's played, or
0: seventy-one? Think six, yeah.
2: yeah. I think the range is sixty-eight to seventy-one. That's what I'm seeing. Right, I have so, it up right
0: now,
1: yeah. So all right, they could do something like everybody gets to seventy-two po- uh, games played. Which, I, I I mean, why would you do that? I don't know. Like, you know, the Islanders would have to play four games. You know, the, the Avs would have to play two. Some some teams are going to end up playing one.
0: The, two of the um, teams that have to play one game are Detroit and Ottawa.
1: They won't win. <laughs> but they can't get in. That's,
0: that's just like one, one of the hilarious, but, weird situations.
1: But it's it's who do they play, and the, the the interesting thing would be is, like, you know, what do you just continue everybody's schedule to, to 72, or, you know, I, how you set that up is, I don't know, I, I just, I don't know how you do it. In I just think anything. you have
0: to move forward to the playoffs. Right. Yeah, it's
1: going to be an asterisk season no matter what, so yes, just 100%. go with it.
0: I don't think there's much you can do, and I'm a big fan of just leaving things how they are from a troll perspective, too, because Vancouver with one game in hand, are one point out behind Calgary. And Minnesota, with two games in hand, are three points out behind Winnipeg and one point out behind Nashville, but they have the same games played, but either way.
2: <laughs> yeah. I just think you have to go by points percentage. It's just... It sucks, but that that's really the fairest way to do it. That's how they did it in the AHL when teams played a different number of games within the same division. You just had to go with points percentage. And, yeah. um... If you can have a playoff series where, and I, and I think you can have all 16 teams, but obviously timing matters with that. And one thing I found interesting I saw on TSN was that in the lockout year in 2013, and there was another year, and I can't remember what year that was, but it was like, I don't know, 10 years before? I don't even remember year the playoffs started later so sorry I can't remember but they were able to start the playoffs on May 1st and have the cup awarded by June 24th and have a full 16 team best of 7 four round playoffs within. yeah it was grueling
1: but it, yeah they did it right um.
2: so for me that so it, Hopefully, if they can start by May 1st, which I think is, personally, probably the best-case scenario at this point, then they could even have... It'll it be compressed, but they could have a normal cup and run and actually end in June. And I think the worst-case scenario is to start at June 1st, then it can end by July 24th. And then this is still running all the teams i think at some point and i know they don't want to go past july by that point they're just gonna have to focus on the next season yeah and so i feel but within that range i think the 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 best hope is just for a regular playoffs but have it compressed which then begs the question you don't need to stretch it out like crazy normally Especially in June when you're playing every third day, which is ridiculous,
1: but well, some of that's availability um, so you know some of that's the NHL wants games on good days, not bad days. we hate bad days um,
2: <laughs> yeah, but I think it's going to be something to look at, but you know right. back to the the current problem i would. I think we all would like to see the most teams possible, but I think to save it, if they have to cut it down to say only the top three in each division, where maybe you have, they play each other and then the, the team that was leading the division to buy, which I know a lot of people would probably hate that. I hate it. But, but would you do that <laughs> versus nothing?
0: Versus no playoffs? It, absolutely.
1: I, I mean, it, I'd, I'd have to have, you know, the amount of time left before a drop-dead date to award the cup is. But, you know, I, I agree that, you know, the integrity is going to come into question with, with leaving the season as it lies right now. And and starting the playoffs, just telling the Islanders to go suck one. But, um, you know, I, I do think it's important that they do have four seven-game series to determine the cup winner. Um, I, I think that's a lot more important than getting regular season games. In.
2: But what if you don't even have time for that? Um, what if, say, what if say they're left with a month? Let's just say. Whenever that is. But basically, they're told you can have hockey for a month. So you're not going to be able... At that
1: to- point, I know... All right, I, I've put this out there before, and it's goofy as all get out. But I, I would do it IAHF style. And I would do a round robin with all 16 playoff teams, and then do probably a double elimination
0: tournament. So I with you know. I, I I'm gonna kind of have a similar take on the beginning of it, but I think the double elimination tournament goes a little too far. Really? Yeah, I think single have, elimination. I think you have single elimination, but you play series, obviously. Um, it, it obviously, oh, okay. It, it all yeah. depends on when you can get this started, right? Um, yeah. So you, if you have to go by points percentage, and I, I think you really do, then how meaningful are the divisional groupings, really? Um, because some, Well, I hate them anyway, though. But, if you get rid of those, I'm fine with that, too. Sitting outside well, I mean, the right. top 16 are Vancouver, the Rangers, Calgary, Winnipeg, and Minnesota. Um, I'm, I'm
1: saying, for, as far as a round Robin, you're playing seven games, and doing that in less than two weeks is impossible, so... Um, you know, you do two weeks of round Robin and then two yeah. weeks of double elimination. I think you could get a cup winner out of that, that everybody's happy with.
2: You, I'm just saying, I cut, of cut off more teams. And I know it's easier to say this because the abs would make many or all of these cutoffs, right? Because they're up there in points, they're up there in the division, blah, blah, blah. But, I don't know that you want to make it so cheap just to get as many teams in as possible.
1: Right, if the Avs weren't a lock for any of these, I wouldn't want to see them anyway. You know, I mean, if the Avs were like 23rd in the league or something like that, I wouldn't want them involved in something like that.
2: I think if you have to cut it down to your best 10 teams in the league to have a shorter playoff, I would do that rather than like a one-game series or a three-game series with a whole bunch of teams, or eight. Right, like cut it down to your best eight or ten, and go from there.
1: But you got to have a multiple two.
0: It, it's got to be something that can pare down into a bracket, right? Like you can't just be yeah. random,
2: right? Well, you can do buys or whatever, but no, I haven't like done the math on that, so I just.
1: Yeah, I mean it's like it, I, if if you're, you're as as the time becomes compressed then I think you're you know, you're chopping out the first round first, which means you get rid of eight teams just arbitrarily, which sucks, but it is what it is. And you start with eight and do a three-round playoff. You know, if you can do three rounds of seven and that's the best you can do, you could do that in 6 weeks. Um and you could probably do it a little quicker but you couldn't count on it being done quicker.
2: That's probably where I would go if yeah. they needed to alter is what I'd like to see. I mean, I mean, it'd be fun to have like a March Madness type of thing. I it, Probably for the fans, it would be, I guess, interesting because every game would be so interesting, but I just, I don't
1: see them doing that. It's I mean, so just, dumb. And, and, and for anyone that's...
2: You, you cut to your best teams, have one of them win the cup and move on.
1: For for anyone that's ever watched a baseball team that's been involved in a one game 163rd game playoff um, to make the playoffs, it's it's terrible. It's just it's so bad. There's so much on the line. Um, you know, I I just I I don't like the one game elimination as far as
2: right. You're you gonna know, end up with getting like, into Chicago a way. larger
1: yeah. series, right?
2: Would you would you rather have that happen, or would you, would you rather have, say, one of Avs... Well, okay, let's take the Avs out because we'd all pick that one, but like Tampa, Boston, or or some you know some of the better teams win. Just say you know what, they you were the better team through this whole season. You're those are the teams that deserve to win the cup, right?
0: So I don't mean. I I really think that the easiest way to do this is probably going to be either doing an eight-team playoff when we get there and just cut out the first round, which hurts me because the first round is the best round, like, without yeah. question. It is a ton of fun every season. Um, but it
1: would be stupid if it was, like, a best of three or even a best of five.
0: See, yeah, I don't like that. I
1: like I per- best of fives are terrible. I don't, like, I don't know if you it guys... Is, it's
0: are... bad in the AHL. It's it's bad.
1: <laughs> right, and they used to have it in the NHL too, and it was god-awful.
0: I'd be okay with a best of five first round.
1: Oh, it's terrible.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not saying it would be good. I'm saying I'd be okay with it. Yeah.
1: If they
2: could have a normal playoffs and that's the only change they had to make, then sure. At, at this point... Point, I'd, I'd
0: just honestly take...
1: rather have a best of three than a best of five.
0: What I would rather do instead of having a best of anything in the first round is having like little groups that play. Everybody plays each other once and then the top two move on to your round of eight. That's so sort your... of like the World Cup. Yeah, it'd be like that. Oh. It'd be very similar to that, actually and then you you see it by league wide points percentage with your with your conference for, and division format bullshit that you already have in place cuz that's what everybody's you know schedules are based on so you really can't fairly throw it out So and you're saying that you'd have
1: a 31 team round robin no, and then two no, rounds no, 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 oh no, okay. No, no. okay 16
0: 16 no 31 okay. we're we're getting Detroit the fuck out of here 16 <laughs> So what you end up with then as you seed your groups, your first group is Boston and Calgary. You have those two. Actually, if y'all have more to say, that'd be cool because I have not set this up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, this, I mean, that's, that's basically where I was going with this when I started out. I like the idea of a round robin to start.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think... If that's going to ha- cut
1: down on some time.
0: I think you have to give your divisional winners the, like a group. Um... Which is a gigantic win for Vegas, who are ninth by points percentage. I think and getting to... lots of I, un- I like unhealthy the NHL players said back.
1: Said like that the
2: they ads. want to be creative, and it probably will help make them some more money.
0: So Boston's group gets Calgary, St. Louis's group gets Vancouver. Um, it's Vancouver and Calgary actually both make it by points percentage. You end up losing Winnipeg.
1: Well, who's gonna miss that? Not me. Not me.
0: So then, the- I just—I don't know that I'd leave
2: it down to a one-game thing. I mean, maybe fans would like that. I still think they should be series, but obviously, a one-game
1: play-in or something like that is fantastic to anticipate, and the results—you know—it just leaves you hollow.
0: <clears throat> All right, so. Boston has Calgary in their gr- group. St. Louis has Vancouver in theirs. Vancouver has ter- – or, or Vegas has Toronto in theirs. Washington has Nashville in theirs. See how oh, this is already way more fun than just division first rounds. So get the, get out of here with all of those forever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you know and, me. I've never liked the divisions.
0: Nah. So then Vegas
1: – Well, just is... imagine if we had this – for the the current format and we were still in the Northwest Division. How bad would that be?
0: Gross. So Vegas is the worst group leader, so they get the, the the best second team, which would be Tampa. Next after that would put uh, Colorado in with Was- Washington and Nashville. And then Philadelphia in with St. Louis and Vancouver. And then you have Boston and Calgary get Pittsburgh. And then you round that out with Carolina, Dallas, the Islanders, and the Oilers going across the other direction. So your final groups are pretty, uh, you know, pretty not great for your worst teams. Like Nashville has to deal with Washington and Colorado and then score their no goals against the Islanders who allow no goals. So, <laughs> sucks for you. But you do have <laughs> Vegas, Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Edmonton all in one group, which sounds really fun. Yeah. Colorado's group, like I said, it would be Washington, Nashville, and the Islanders. St. Louis has Vancouver, Philadelphia, and Dallas, and Boston has Calgary, Pittsburgh, and Carolina. And you take those those division leaders, they get to host a week of games. Everyone plays each other. And then you have your 18 playoffs based on whoever are your top two from those groups. Here's what I'm afraid the NHL are going to do. I think they're going to go by raw points. And the, and the reason I say that is points percentage is a tiebreaker. They're, not, they're, not, they're ranked by points, not percentage. I think they have to go by percentage. I think they that's, have to, too, the, but I'm afraid they're not going to.
2: That's the true, that's what your true record is, is points percentage. And that's yeah. what they did in the AHL when there were imbalanced schedules.
1: They seem to hate points percentage, though. They don't even list it in the standings for some reason.
2: But that's really your true ranking. Yes. Yeah, points no, percentage.
1: I totally agree. But they just, I, for some reason, they just, they, they've always just chewed it.
0: They've chewed it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they just don't like it for some reason. It's, it's really odd.
0: <clears throat> it is kind of odd. Oh, well. I would love to see a format like this. The NHL will never do it. I I think what's most likely is just an eight team playoff and then a Stanley Cup asterisk. And what I'm what I'm really think like afraid, based on how the how how North America has responded to the situation, like I don't think we can discount the possibility of a no Stanley Cup. I agree.
1: It's tough. I mean, other leagues, the I guess the Swedish league abandoned their season earlier today. Um, It's probably going to be the same way with a a few other of the European leagues. I think the Swiss League already did did that as well. Um, I think
2: their willingness to go so late and their need for the money might help save it, but I think also that just having players in a holding pattern for so long it's tough.
1: Yeah.
0: Because they I won't think... be in shape. If we return they won't be to action, shape, that's for sure. If if they return to action May first, which I agree is an absolute best case scenario, like it, it's gonna look like October.
1: Yeah, I mean, if even if they're grinding on their pelotons all during March, I, I just don't <laughs> think that they're gonna be all that great shape, it, even after, I don't know, like a five-day camp or something like that.
0: Pelotons. <laughs>
1: I radical. wonder if
2: at some point the, the NHL will tell like all the the teams that would definitely not make the playoffs to just pack it in and let those players either move home or whatever at some point.
0: Like So that's pretty much Chicago and worse out west, and Montreal and worse out east? Right. I'm just going to say
1: that I'm a little more optimistic than you guys. I think that they might be able to get things rolling earlier than May 1st. And that's just because I'm an opt- optimistic guy. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think, I, I think mid-April that,
0: could, if, if they could work. If there do that, they will, they will not have fans at the games.
1: That's that's
0: something else that we need to bring up. At some
2: point, are they going... And I know that they would love to have fans at the games because that helps revenue, but if they're looking at versus nothing...
1: I think they'd take nothing. I I think it costs them money to put a game on with no fans in the stands. and and they would get the TV
0: money... They've they've and already get the locked. TV money. The TV money.
1: <laughs> yeah. It,
0: that would be, um, like a good faith gesture towards the TV companies, um, to go ahead and have those games on TV, um. But they would they that's a that's losing money. Yeah. Cause, I
1: mean, they make boatloads of money on every home game. I mean, they're, they're just
0: they're already paying the players. They'd have to. They're most of them are already paying the arena staff, um, so, mo. So like the additional cost of putting the game on TV for no fans would then be paying the broadcast, basically. And but doesn't the the NHL doesn't do that? So I don't know. We're talking
2: about this stuff would be on NBC Sportsnet. Like we're done with the regional. Like let's say all this stuff is just on NBC Sportsnet and. And NBC.
0: USA and all the networks they throw stuff on. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's maybe a lot of this cost has already sunk in and they wouldn't lose them that much money.
1: Uh, it's just such a gate-driven league. I just I, I see them just cringing at the thought of having a game with no people there to pay.
2: Yeah. I don't know. TV makes the world go round. <laughs>
0: A little bit of a humble brag there from TV.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even intend that, but yeah.
0: So I mean, th- this is what we're reduced to—just kind of wondering what it might look like when it gets back, and what we would like to see, and uh, what I would like to see will never happen because it's too big of a change, and the NHL doesn't want to change anything. But I, I think, we change. I really think a sixteen-team playoff is unlikely. Cause that usually starts in the in you know a couple of weeks from now and wraps up in June sometimes. so At- right,
1: and we haven't even did, breached the subject of what happens on July first when everybody's contracts terminate. Um, well, I
2: don't think someone that's getting close to the cups can be like, "Hey, my contract's up, I'm out.
1: Well, you'd have to have something in place beforehand, but that's just that's something that they'd have to negotiate, like, okay, everybody's contract is you know fifteen days, twenty days, whatever. Longer.
2: I don't think that'd be a it. problem. I think everyone would agree to that because clearly the Honestly, reason why. Honestly, I, I could see a lot of guys
1: not, not being up. cool with it because they're, you know, what what are you doing? There's going to be, you know, only two or maybe four teams involved after July first if if some of the worst case scenarios come to light. So it's like that the guys on the other twenty seven teams are like. I, you know, I'm not cool with that.
2: Well, their free agency date would be later anyway, so it's not like... That's what I'm
1: saying. Like, they'd have to agree to have their free agency day later.
2: Would, would yeah. the players rather see no hockey than to just preserve their July 1st free agency well, date? Well, they'd have leverage. Will have
0: never, the NHL will never give their players leverage if they can avoid it.
2: I think it was already <laughs> indicated that the understanding would be that con. Contracts would continue until
1: until they're done playing.
0: Because ult- yeah. there, there like... could be something in every contract.
1: If you know, if act of God or whatever makes the season longer, you're you're under contract until the final goal or final whistle in the the Stanley Cup.
0: Yeah, who knows? But what I mean, what it ultimately comes down to is the players don't get paid for playoff games anyway. Yeah. So I don't know how much leverage it really is, but. Anyway, the the point being that the end of this season has rep- has repercussions that go beyond and all the way into next season because you can't have a draft until you've finished this season, and you can't right. have free agency until you've had a draft, and you can't you know start an off season until you've had free agency, you can't have camp until you've had an off season. Like are we looking at a delayed start to next season, and maybe a truncated
1: 2020-21 season and and my thoughts on that is i would rather see this season truncated and i mean you may as well asterisk the hell out of this season and make next season as normal as you possibly can like i know it's already starting a little bit later than it did this year you know if you have to jack that down a week or two maybe um that's that's okay, but I think you what what you really want to do is limit the damage to what happens this year.
2: I think that's what they're looking at as well. I think yeah, they already said that their goal is is it for a full and normal season next year, and yeah, and you know, say that free agency day and everything is August first, like everything's pushed a month. You probably can't start. It, I think it was going to start October seventh, which is a week later anyway. But could you push it maybe to mid October and still and still pretty much get a full season in? I think you could.
0: It's a logistical nightmare um, because the NHL scheduler is. You got to imagine that their job is mostly done at this point. Um, like the, the schedule is pretty much put together even if the scheduler is an asshole they're not all doing it in like within 5 minutes. And so as, as you're trying to figure out when it's going to start, I mean you've already got tentative dates booked with arenas. You've you've got games scheduled in Europe pretty much in stone, like you've got a lot to work around here.
1: Yeah.
2: So. And I think they're going to work to preserve most of that. I think like what Earl said is at some point, it's not going to be worth it to undo all of that, just just to preserve this season. But I, I think I think if everything's pushed back just a month, they could make it work. But I do believe that's why there's a reason why there's there's a date that they can they can't go past. At some point, then you're just working on the next season.
0: I wish that we knew what that date was.
1: I'd say June 1st. If if they can't play games before June 1st, it's definitely over.
2: For sure. I Because um, I think they already said they, they're willing to play until like July 24th, which is when the Olympics start. They don't want to play during the Olympics. Can't blame them for that. So yeah. that's kind of their cutoff date, which I agree. That's about a month pushing it back a month you can't push it more than that so i agree june 1st or very close to early june they'd have to start doing something if not then just move forward to the next year
0: you could play three seven game rounds in three weeks but they'd be you'd have some teams playing some back-to-backs but there'd be no travel i think they should look
2: at some of those things too like is there a reason why they have to always go back and forth it
1: they could play two three twos and that would kind of you know i know we've gotten away from that but that's you know that would save travel time with with july 24th you've got eight weeks from june 1st and you could you know you can get four seven game rounds in yeah. You know, assuming you have plenty of potential powers to, to get the dates you need to do it in every arena. Yeah, that's the, think...
0: that's the rub heres You're is you've, you've you're trying to schedule in arenas that have dates scheduled. That, so, right. So, I mean, they haven't postponed the whole summer. They've postponed a month.
1: Yeah. And you're going to have the NBA issue. Doing you know, the exact like what, same if the, thing. what if the Nuggets are making a run at the NBA championship? How are the apps going to deal with that as far as scheduling and whatnot? You know, and every other team that shares in re- with a basketball team is going to have the same thing.
0: So, I don't know. I'm going to come in reasonably skeptical on this thing. If you're wanting to have it done before July 24, and we're looking at May 1 as, like, the ideal, like, best case start, I mean, I think there's about a two-week window. And... Uh, And after, you know, mid-May, it starts looking real bleak. I agree. Well, you know, theoretically you could do it
1: it starting June 1st, but that's if everything goes just absolutely perfect.
0: And I don't think you can do four rounds. I really don't. You'd be compressing the games so much that you would cause unnecessary injuries, and there's no way the buildings are available. that's
1: That's eight weeks. You should be able to play, you know, every other night. But, again, you know, it's like, I, I, that that would require perfectness.
0: <clears throat> and luck across yeah. the NBA. Because, I mean, with, with our luck with this thing, you'd end up with the same cities in both finals. Yeah. And that would help the NHL scheduler be an asshole. So that's probably what'll happen. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I mean, all we can really do is sit and speculate and, and until we have any real like solid things about what's going to happen to talk about on this show, then there, the unfortunate reality is there will not regularly be a show. Um, we've, we've got some tentative ideas that we're working on for maybe a one-off show here and there. They're not scheduled in, in any kind of hard way. um, but we're we're looking at some things we may be able to do to to bring you guys something. Um, but as far as a weekly base, basis there, there's no hockey to talk about. You hate to see
1: it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not even like this is a work stoppage in the NHL and we could talk about prospects and the Frozen Four, or the Eagles, or things like that. It's just everybody's done.
0: <clears throat> so as i usually say in uh, in situations when the season is over uh keep your eye on at burgundy radio on twitter for updates on when we may return um and and once there's games we'll be here 100% i'd even say once there's just league action we'll yeah. probably be excited to to talk to you so i as soon as they announce any plans for what they're going to do, we may be on here for two hours making speculation about what that's going to look like. Because we'll be so excited. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be jacked. Just like yeah, as it, soon as the players year, get like
1: back that. together and start practicing, there's, there's going to be stuff to talk about.
0: Well, I think they'll it's still start practicing in a week or two.
1: They, hopefully.
0: Well, informally. There's not probably all... nothing... They're not allowed to do anything informal right now.
1: They're not allowed to do anything except ride their pelotons.
0: Like I don't even know what kind of access to facilities the injured players have right now.
2: I think they said the injured players can actually go to the facilities.
1: Yeah, they have treat they're allowed to have treatment.
2: If they have to.
1: But And I I would assume that's probably like one on one and one guy at a time kind of stuff, just to limit contact and um you know and i I would assume that most of the players would probably be going in there you know maybe in small groups, not not for ice time but for work out workouts and whatnot.
0: I don't think they can even do that.
2: I think it's just limited to injured players right now, and I no,
1: the I mean, was you could go a week. in and lift rather than going to gold's gym
0: I, no you're i they are not allowed. Oh really? Yeah, you have to lift at home. Players have been told that there are you. You're staying home for for now, and they're hope like the last I saw was maybe in a week. But the injured players,
2: if necessary, could go in for rehab.
0: Yeah, and I I assumed something like that was the case. I just couldn't either. I hadn't seen it or I didn't remember. Because, I mean, the, the reason they have everybody stuck at home for several days is you, you don't have to, sh- it, having the virus doesn't necessarily mean you show symptoms and you're just as contagious without symptoms as you are without them. So it takes a couple of weeks to get it in and out of your system. So everybody stay home for a couple of weeks and don't breathe anybody else's air. And then you can come back and practice together. Just making sure that your league is is safe from it.
1: So they really do need pelotons at home.
0: they need something, yeah <laughs> <laughs> well at any rate i don't I don't know what else there is to say at this point, other than this sucks, and everybody obviously hopes that we can get our numbers of cases down as much as possible as quickly as possible. Any other parting words from y'all?
1: No, just be careful out there and we'll be back when we can
2: pray to your deity of choice
0: yeah, this is the part where I tell you where you can find us um, you can find us on Spotify you can find us on the, the Google Play podcast I don't know what exactly it's called anymore because I can't remember I think Earl can help us out with that what is it called Earl
1: it's just Google Play podcast
0: I got it awesome um, I upload directly to SoundCloud you can find it there Uh, You can find it posted on burgundyreview.com. and I think I've named everything except Apple Podcasts, so that one too. Um, But this is also where I tell you to keep your head up and get to the dirty areas, and I don't want you to do that. I want you to help us flatten the curve, keep your head up all you want, but stay out of the dirty areas for the time being, and we will see you all when there's news again. Has anybody thought of any like cool ways to to talk about this? Or like <laughs> I was no. I
1: was messaging back and forth with Sandy about this today. Like she was like, What what should I do for cupcakes? And I was like I, you know, I've been trying to write an article that's sort of positive and informative and interesting <clears throat> without being majorly speculative and just sort of say, Well, if it starts up in three weeks then we can do this, but you know it, it i i couldn't i couldn't figure out a way to do that I'm, I'm still gonna try and try but And i told her you know if you can't find stuff that's fairly positive and interesting to length and then just pass until we fi- have stuff like that you know we don't need a rundown of how terrible everything
0: is. yeah all you need for that is to turn on literally any device
2: correct